Night Council is a production of Council Communications. This is Late Night Council. This is bigger. This is very big. There's definitely something here. Apparently, it's a big deal. It's all over the news. It's a real thing. A radio signal from another world. John Council. That's my grandpa. Well, your story is very compelling. Your chance to make history. It's pretty cool, I guess. Give it to me straight. John, you're in charge. It's Sunday, March the 5th. Welcome, welcome to Late Night Council. Now, we don't call it Ask the Pastor. On Sunday night, it, we, we go by the original name, Late Night Council. But those of you that uh, were with us with the relaunch last week, you know that, uh, um, oh, got some weird stuff going on here technically. Just fixed it. You're fine. Everything's okay. It'll just return to normal, okay? Um, those of you that were with us with the relaunch last week, uh, you know that uh, it, it's Late Night Council, but it's Ask the Pastor format. Maybe a little looser, okay? Because... We love calls so much, I love calls so much, that you might be able to get away with a lot on Ask the Pastor Night, bringing up whatever you want. I am always going to try and steer it to, you know, a biblical perspective on news, politics, entertainment, family stuff, whatever you want. Uh, You veterans of the show, and and particularly people that read the Bible, you know how far-reaching the Bible is in its subject matter. I mean, it's got something to say on just about, you know, any situation or circumstance you, you would find yourself in. And uh, uh, so that's what uh, uh, that's what the format is. That's what it's about. And, uh, you know, give me a call. Give me a call. Now, since we've relaunched, haven't had a call yet. Did the full two hours last week with no calls. And that's fine. Don't mind that because, uh, you know, God, if, if you've listened to me before, you know that God's given me the gift of gab. And uh, last week's show, by the way, and Nick's shows have both been podcasted now. They're on LateNightCouncil.com. They're available. Uh, Johnny, our guy that uh, uploads the uh, shows, to uh, uh, the internet is, uh, uh, you know, on the website, is back from his honeymoon, and he got to work uploading all the shows. So if you missed our first show uh, since the relaunch last week, you can listen to that in podcast at uh, latenightcouncil.com. Or you can call in if you got something to talk about. If you don't have anything to talk about, don't call in, okay? I mean, it's okay to sit back and listen to the show, okay? 343 sorry, 743390 That is the local line, 343 743- Seven hundred forty-three ninety. Now I don't have anybody monitoring this right now, okay? And I can see that there are enough people listening right now. I want to know if we're coming through hard, uh, loud and clear. I will not count your call as a call, okay? And uh, uh, you know, it won't be an official call, but I want to. I want to know that you're out there, okay? Just let me know you're out there. I want to know where you're calling from. I won't even keep you on the air. Won't hold you hostage. You don't have to even bring up any subject matter. But for the first call tonight, I want to know that it's out there because uh, I don't have anybody monitoring right now, okay? And uh, this is like this is bare bones. This is shoestring budget, man. This is seat of the pants. This is this is uh, uh, you know a radical, raw, uncensored, unfiltered radio. But I'm a good boy. You're you're in safe hands. You don't have to worry about you know anything coming over the air that's gonna you know. Uh, well, I don't know. You know, bad people may not like what I'm saying tonight. You know, and, and Jesus was pretty good at ticking off bad people. And I figure, you know, if I'm in the same category as Christ, you know, like with, with ticking off bad, I don't mind ticking off bad people. But I guess you don't always know who the bad people are, do you? Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. That's the local line. 
343-700-4390. Capital Region, Gatineau, Pembroke, you know, the Valley, where we might be coming from, Carp. And if you're listening uh, in Puerto Rico, if you're listening in Alaska, Guam, Nebraska. Guam, Nebraska. I bet there's a town in Nebraska called Guam. If you're listening from Washington State or Washington, D.C., anywhere across North America, Iqaluit, Yukon, Abbotsford, British Columbia, 844-562-4766. That's 844-1844. you got to do the one first, obviously. Okay. 1-844-562-4766. Or if you, if you want to remember the number, uh, the letters of those numbers, it's, it's LNC is on. 1-844-LNC is on. 1-844-562-4766. Had a lot of emails last week. Had tweets as well. If you want to email me, jc at latenightcouncil.com. JC at LateNightCouncil.com. It's got to be under six lines, okay? That's the rules. Always have been. Not going to change those rules. JC at LateNightCouncil.com. You can tweet at me at JWCouncil. I got the Twitter feed just uh, wide open here waiting for your insightful uh, input, and I got the emails ready to go. Uh, Whatever's on your mind, it's open line, open topic. Kind of an Ask the Pastor type format, but we'll see where it goes. And also, this is something I couldn't do in the previous studio, and I certainly couldn't do this when I was on, you know, uh, you know, uh, ancient prehistoric radio, um, you know, if we get calls, and I told you I'd do this last week, if we're full up of calls, okay, and, and, and if we ever get jammed up, and uh, there's the possibility of me going past 11 o'clock, because I'm going to stay on even if I get no calls. I'm going to be yakking at you till 11 o'clock, okay? But if, if we get calls and uh, the lines are stacked, it's my studio, okay? And it's, it's you know, it's my program, and, and, and I can go past 11 if you want. But you wouldn't want to hold me hostage. You wouldn't want to keep me awake. But, you know, in fact, I think, you know, if somebody's calling you just to keep me awake, I just may let you go, okay? But it's Ask the Pastor, whatever's on your mind, 343-743-90. That's 343-743-90. If you follow me on Twitter, to the very best of my ability, I'm going to try and get stuff out there that I want to talk about before I go to air. Tonight I did that. And if you follow me on Twitter, and if you don't, you can go to JW Council right now and find out what I'm, what I'm hoping to bring up tonight. I'll co- of course, your calls always take precedence. Uh, I'm always ready to go for, oh, probably three or four hours. Uh, but if, if callers call in and hijack it and take it to another place, well, in my opinion, that's when, uh, you know, talk radio starts getting really, really fun and exciting. Uh, I was down in southern Ontario visiting, uh, visiting uh, relatives uh, this weekend, and uh, uh, we hadn't gone down there in a while and heard my son preach this morning. My son is a pastor in Woodstock, Ontario. And I did not know that he was preaching, and he did not know I was dropping in on him. But uh, he's really good. Oh, my goodness, he's good. He's so good, he scares me. And uh, had a good weekend, um, but did not get a chance to read a lot of the papers until I got home. And if you, if you, uh, um, you know, if you get to here in town here, the Ottawa Citizen, Ottawa Sun, uh, and it's the same as Toronto Star and, and uh, you know, the uh, Vancouver province and, and across Canada. On Saturday and Sunday, they usually have in the entertainment pages, you know, they have these uh, 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 highlights of what's coming on television this week, okay? And I'm not a big TV guy, okay? I, I tell people I don't watch TV, I watch sports. And to me, there's a big difference. And when you're watching sports, you must have at least one other, one other. But you've got to watch two sports programs at the same time. You can't watch one sports program because the commercials come up and they're so inane and they insult your intelligence. And if you're listening, if you watch commercials on Canadian television, you will often, can you believe this? You will get the same commercial in one commercial break. 
I mean, if that isn't disrespect for the audience, if that isn't, you know, the network saying, you know, you morons, you'll buy anything, okay? You'll put up with anything, okay? I mean, it's, it's crazy. So, like, that's the inanity of TV. So, if I'm watching a sports, if I'm watching a hockey game, I always make sure I got two hockey games on so that when the commercials come up, that's what your, you know, your recall button is for. You hit the recall button on the, on the remote, and I don't have to watch, you know, stupid commercials. They drive me crazy. The only commercials I like are the ones that runs, run during the Super Bowl, and then with the, with the exception of, you know, this year's Super Bowl, they're usually better than, you know, the actual game themselves. So where am I going at with this? Well, I came home, looked at the papers, and they've got these sections. Must, in, in the Ottawa Sun, and I've seen similar titles in other newspapers across Canada, but in the Ottawa Sun, it's tep- typical. They announced, you know, these all oh, these incredible TV shows that are going to be on this week, and the, the title of the, of the section is... <coughs> Look at that. I turned the mic off to cough, and then as soon as I turned it back on, I coughed right into the mic. Boy, that you can tell you can tell I'm producing my own show here. Okay, now the title of the of the of the of the of the whole article is Must See TV. And I looked at that and I thought, must see TV. I, it, 99% of the time I do not watch what they say I must see. And in that, like, half a percent or one a percent where I kind of give it, okay, we'll check that out. Almost always, it's, oh, why did I waste the time? I, I wish there would be honesty in media. You're going to get, you know, I may have an opinion, and you may not always agree, and uh, uh, you may not even like what I say, but I will be honest on this program. Oh, for honest media. Why couldn't they call that article in the Sun about the TV shows this week? Must see TV only if you don't have a life away from the screen. I mean, that would be honest, wouldn't it? You've heard the line that, oh, I guess, you know, in the States, the line goes like this, because in the States, there was only in the 50s and 60s, there was uh, uh, there was ABC, CBS, and NBC. And I think early in the uh, early 50s, late 40s, there was the DuPont network. So the old saying used to be, before PBS came in, before cable came in in the States, you had three television stations and 60 million people watching, okay? Three television stations and 60 million people watching. Now it's 60 million television stations and only three people are watching. Or, you know, online radio, where there's 7 million people on online radio, and, uh, well, there's a lot more than three listed right now. God bless you for that. And if you want to do more than listen and call in and be, join me, uh, feel free, 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390 in, uh, in the Capital Region, and one 844 is the long-distance line. I got an email from Doug. And uh, it's it's quite uh, remarkable. Did you hear anything about this? Okay, he drew. Now I'd heard about this, but Doug wanted me to bring it up. And and uh, Doug's one of my best emailers. Did you read the news that a bunch of witches got together? Okay, like real honest to good witches, not you know Samantha. You know, um, um, uh, what was her name? Samantha. Samantha. I know it was Elizabeth Montgomery was the star, but I don't remember what the character's name was. Okay, Samantha was the first name. Darren Stevens. That was it. Samantha Stevens and Darren Stevens from Bewitched. We're not talking like uh, the Adams family or the Munsters here. These, this is the real deal. These people take their witchcraft seriously. Okay, and um, a bunch of them. Well, not just a bunch of them. Apparently, there's thousands, thousands of witches and occult pr- practitioners got together last week, and they have been. And, and it's not just a one-shot deal. They've been doing a lot of this, okay? They have been 
cursing Donald Trump and casting spells on him. Okay? And I don't know what's, I mean, they, they want him removed from office. I don't know what the spells and curses are, but they want him to die. I mean, in popular culture, witches usually are the bad guys. Usually. Okay? Now, I know there's people that advocate white witchcraft and everything. If you want to take a biblical perspective, the Bible doesn't make any distinction between white magic or black magic. If you take a biblical perspective on witchcraft, it's bad. It, it very, very dim view. Now, the blood of Christ, okay? Christ dying on the cross and resurrecting for our sins has canceled the, uh, it's not canceled, it's fulfilled the law that's in the Old Testament. In Old Testament law, witches were supposed to be executed, okay? Now, that doesn't happen in, 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 in Christianity. Now, I know there's some whack jobs that, you know, that have burned witches to the stake through church history because, you know, they didn't pay attention to what the Bible really says, particularly from a Christian perspective in the New Testament. But nevertheless, I mean, Paul and, and, and Peter in the epistles, they rebuke sorcerers and warlocks that tried to buy the power of the Holy Spirit. One of them, uh, Paul smites and the guy's blind, and if you go into what the scripture says about, about uh, the occult, oh my goodness, very, very dim view. So pop culture, and you know, most of our North American modern culture is, is, is Judeo-Christian based, and the witches are usually the bad guys, okay? And in the Bible, there's no distinction between white or black magic. It's, it's, it's bad. You're supposed to stay away from it, okay? Now, Donald Trump is not the first president to ever have witches or occult practitioners put curses on him or try to, you know, put hexes on him. I know for a fact, and I've, I've dealt with people that, you know, that uh, did the original research on this and uh, have the documentation for it. Ronald Reagan had it happen to him. But certainly, certainly, he's the first that have had, that's had this event reported and, and some would say even promoted by most of the media Mainstream media in North America that hates Donald Trump even more than the than the witches hate him, okay? And I want to throw it out there tonight, witches attacking Donald Trump. Do you see that as a good thing or a bad thing? Now, I know what the Bible says, but I'm kind of sitting back here. Whether you like Trump or not, I don't ever remember witches, occult practitioners, and the occult is soundly condemned throughout the Bible. I don't ever remember witches going after Barack Obama or Bill Clinton or George W. Bush. I know they did it to Reagan, but it wasn't a high, you know, it wasn't a, a widely reported event. It was more, you know, uh, under the radar media that was reporting that. And, of course, that's way back before Internet. So, you know, it was, it was kind of fi- hard to find those stories even back then. But, I mean, the implications there, you, you know, you can, you can come to your own conclusions there. If witches are casting curses on Donald Trump and if they're casting spells on him, what does that tell you? What's the deeper implications there? Okay, this is opinion. I'm going to share an opinion here. Yeah, of course I want to hear yours. If I was a world leader and I had people like that casting spells and throwing hexes and trying to bring me down, I would think I'm in pretty good stead with God. I would. I would think, hey, I must be one of the good guys. Because if witches are coming after you, I don't know. That's my opinion. I want to hear yours. Of course I want to hear yours. That's what makes the program so much more fun. That's what makes it so much more interesting. Well, I don't know. I think it makes it more interesting, you know. 
but you know, I'm just the host. Now the host does have some clout. He's got some, you know, he's got some, uh, you know, uh, control over what goes over the over the uh, the internet here. But well, I'll tell you, when you call in, you're gonna you're gonna be amazed at how much authority you have. So give me a call, 343-700-4390. Got a little bit of an info update here. We haven't got the ads up and running yet, but, uh, you know, you're going to hear more about that as well when we're doing uh, this little break here. And we'll be right back after that. You stay right where you are, okay? and taking a much-needed break with this here pre-recorded message. You can get a line right now while I'm doing that. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. That's uh, the Capital Region line. That's Ottawa, Gatineau, and close by. If you live far away, the toll-free line all across North America, 1-844-LNC is on. That's one 844 562-4766. Our call service is automated. So you won't be talking to a live person until you're on air. Now don't sweat that. Just follow the on-air prompts and uh, you'll be fine. Trust me, you've handled this kind of technology before. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to me right now. You can connect with us live at tuneinradio.com or Google Play or just click the listen live button at latenightcouncil.com. But you know, chances are you've already done that. Just kind of a reminder. Council does not exist without advertisers. So if you want to buy time, email me at jc at latenightcouncil.com. And the rates are so cheap because, you know, we're just relaunching and getting things going again. You are going to absolutely love the rates. And, of course, your feedback is always welcome. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. And thanks for tuning in. We're back live in just a few seconds. So hang in there.
Okay, I've got to, you know, you perceptive ones have probably picked up on this already. Um, you may have noticed that I have a cold. Yes, I have a cold. Uh, my daughter who lives with us, my, my adult daughter, and uh, my wife, they were suffering uh, last week with it, and uh, we're a very affectionate family, so I, I knew it was coming, and uh, I am living on Tylenol, uh, Tylenol cold p- tab- tablets right now, and Neocitrin daytime and Neocitrin nighttime, and uh, uh, so, it, it, yes, I do have a cold. But, you know, there's a beauty of talk radio. Uh, you, you know, you don't have to put any filters on your radio. You don't have to worry about getting sick. Just uh, uh, listen and enjoy and uh, call in and uh, if you want to contribute to the show. Or you may want to call in and say, Counselor, you are so, and then just rip me apart. But, yeah, that's a, that's the beauty of t- free speech, isn't it? And we still have a bit of it in Canada. I mean, it's eroding all the time. Uh, we talked about M103 last uh, week, and uh, uh, it is progressing, and it's becoming law, and there doesn't seem to be any uh, formidable force that's going to stop it. And uh, that is, you know, the, uh, the exclusion, you know, the preference of, of, uh, uh, of Islam in Canada over every other religion in that, you know, you can criticize uh, any other religion, but uh, there's special uh, accommodations for Islam. And after all, it's an Islamophobia law. It's not a freedom of religion or freedom of speech law. It's an Islamophobia law. And if you want to talk about that tonight, that that's uh, uh, you're free to. Uh, and the the point being that, man, use the freedoms that you have now because they are eroding all the time, especially especially in a country like Canada where the populace is apathetic. It's not paying attention. It doesn't care, and it doesn't even think anymore. It elects politicians to think for it. Okay. And that is going to happen. You've heard me, if you've heard my program over the years, I've quoted William Penn, the founder of Pennsylvania, several times. And I know the quote isn't exact, but the thought is very, very clear. If you do not pay attention in democracy, you will be ruled by tyrants. Because they have a far more vested interest than, you know, the voters do. Because, you know, they've got, the, they've got the hammer because you gave it to them. The facts are we have the hammer, but we don't realize how much authority or power we have, so we kind of just lay back and let them do whatever they want. Uh, and, and, of course, the biblical implications on that is, you know, where there's, where there's freedom, you know, you, people can choose what their faith is. When a faith is forced upon you or when one is uh, protected more than the other, then that's, that's, uh, that is the direct violation of a, a, a separation of church and state. Separate your church and state, uh, the original uh, meaning of it was that no religion could take precedence over another. It doesn't mean that religious thought or faith is to be filtered out of public life. In fact, that's who we are. That's what we are. To do that would be, well, and there's forces that have, you know, have reinterpreted separation of uh, 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 church and state. The popular understanding of that in academia and across North America today is that, oh, you can't have any religious belief in, uh, in, in, uh, in, in public life. Well, if that's true, how come atheism is the dominant religion? And don't give me this garbage. It's not a religion. It's a faith. Well, you expect me to believe that uh, nothing plus nothing times billions of years plus blind chance equals everything? Man, alive, you got more faith than I do. A lot more. But anyway, we can talk about that or whatever else is on your mind. 343-700-4390 in uh, the capital region, 343-700-4390, or uh, all across North America, 1-844-562-4766. That's one 562 Four seven six six. Now on Twitter, a, a couple hours ago, I kind of gave you uh, some sneak previews of what I want to be, what I wanted to be talking about tonight, and uh, I introduced these topics as there's no way you're going to hear these stories on mainstream media. 
And if they have been on mainstream media, please, okay, I'm only one guy doing a show and I do my own researches. I, I, research, I got you know, a number of people that help me with it. But it's possible that I've slipped up here. But I have not heard these stories that I'm going to bring to the program tonight. Now, I've, you know, the Trump thing, that's been all over the place. Everybody's heard about the, you know, the witches attack again. Uh, but these, are, these stories have not been on mainstream media. If you heard them, please, I want to call in. I want to hear where, where you saw it and whatever. But this is from uh, a Christian Post, which I love. You know, like a lot of, I mean, Christian Post is loaded with stuff. It's very political. Some of the stuff is blathering. But, you know, the, if you want to know the truth, you know what's important. You've got to have a bit of a brain. You filter out the garbage and you, and you filter out the hype and you filter out the sensational stuff. And you get the stuff that's pretty meaningful. And this story, I think, is powerful. And when I start reading what the story is and, and, and informing you, you'll know why mainstream media is not touching this because this does not serve anyone's agenda. But here it goes. Okay, the headline reads, Scores of Muslims turning to Christ in the Middle East. Churches there are expecting millions of converts. Now, that doesn't serve the right-wing agenda because, you know, a lot of people on the right wing, they don't, they don't like Islam, okay? And it doesn't serve the left-wing agenda because the last, third, last thing the left-wing wants people to think is people are turning to Christianity? I mean, these left-wingers, you know, that, that uh, embrace some of the more extreme factions of Islam, they've got this in their head that, you know, they're going to come over here and they're going to become progressive? Anyway, I want to get you in on the story here. Thousands of Muslims are turning to Jesus Christ and what they view as the religion of freedom amid ongoing bloodshed in the Middle East. Now, the source is the Voices of the Martyrs, the Canadian Office of Voices of the Martyrs. Now, I got this. Christian Post is an American news website, but they're quoting the Canadian Office of Voices of the Martyrs. And I've been aware of Voices of the Martyrs for decades. Solid uh, uh, organization. They have as much integrity as any Christian organization I know. There's going to be no hype when they're reporting something here. Voices of the Martyrs Canada, which supports Christian radio broadcasts in the region. Okay, they're getting feedback from those ministries and the people that they're connected with in the Middle East. And they're quoting is saying there are thousands upon thousands coming to Christ. We are in regular contact with our FM stations in Iraq and have talked with many, many people who have family in the Middle East. In Iran, in Iran, Christian house churches are regularly targeted and shut down by the nation's Islamic government. Of course, we knew that already. But despite this persecution, the mission group Elam Ministries, some of you that listen to the show, you'll be aware of who they are. These are real organizations, okay, and, and very, very good organizations. Despite this persecution, the mission group Elam Ministries revealed that Christians have been growing in terms of numbers, and today estimates suggest that there are 360,000 believers in Iran, up from only 500 in 1979 when the Ayatollahs took over, Okay. Church leaders believe that millions can be added to the church in the next few years, such as the spiritual hunger that exists and the disillusionment with the Islamic regimes there. Okay? Nobody is reporting this stuff. It gets better. Muslim refugees in Europe have also reportedly been undergoing mass conversions of the faith. I mean, all we hear is, you know, uh, thugs coming in, and we hear it's an invasion, and that stuff is going on. You can't deny that, okay? You know, uh, 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 Stockholm is the rape capital of uh, Europe now, and uh, since the new year started, I think the, the numbers we quoted them last week, there's been 77 rapes there. Only two of them, only two of those rapes were committed by non-what the uh, uh, mainstream media calls migrants, Okay. But you never hear this. Muslim refugees in Europe have also reportedly been undergoing mass conversions of faith. A June 2016 article from The Guardian noted anecdotal data 
of rising Christian church attendance in Europe by Muslims. Now, that's anecdotal, they admit it, but there's more to it, though. Trinity Church in the Berlin suburb of Steglitz, for instance, saw its congregation rise from 150 to 700 due to Muslim converts. While the Austrian Catholic Church saw its applications for adult baptism swell by nearly 70% in the first three months of 2016. And it's increasing. Now, you know, those are uh, year-old figures almost. I found that the history of Islam, this is from one of the migrants that was uh, uh, converted. I found that the history of Islam was completely different from what we were taught at school. Maybe I thought it was a religion that began with violence, an Iranian convert, 32-year-old Johanna said. A religion that began with violence cannot lead people to freedom and love. Jesus Christ said that those who use the sword will die by the sword. This really changed my mind. Now, chew that one over. Uh, maybe maybe that's the silver lining in this whole, you know, uh, uh, what some are calling the invasion of the, the Islamic invasion of, of Europe. More churches in Germany reported this growing phenomenon on December 2016, which is just a couple of months ago, with the Independent noting that Muslims, especially Iranians, are seeing Christianity as a new chance at freedom. A lot of them come to Germany and think, here I can choose my religion, and I want to choose a religion of freedom, said Matthias Linke, a priest from the evangelical, i got to pronounce this right, Frank Kerlichen, <laughs> J. Mead, Berlin, I know I'm pronouncing it wrong, but I'm trying to pronounce it as it's spelled. For many Iranians that I've baptized, he said, Christianity is the religion of freedom. They're, freedom, they're free of oppression, and they're actually giving Christianity a chance. Hey, let's check this out. We've been told it's the devil, it's the Satan, you know, ever since we were kids. But they see Christians interacting with them, and they see Christians actually trying to help them in Europe, and they're converting by the thousands. Not going to hear that on mainstream media. You know, you're not even going to hear that on rebel media, which kind of promotes itself as, you know, really conservative and against the mainstream. Nah, 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 nah. You got to listen to late night counts for that kind of stuff. 343-700-4390 is the number to call in the capital region. That's 343-700-4390. is the long distance line. You can email me at jc at latenightcouncil.com. You can tweet at me at jwcouncil. Now, I have got, I have got, you know, because we're not doing news, and I thought it would be a little more fun and a little more, you know, uh, pleasing to the ears, to bring on a favorite tune of mine every once in a while, Okay. And I got a good one for you here. I don't know if you've heard of Laverne Baker. Laverne Baker was a big, you know, pop star in the early years of rock and roll in the 1950s. Well, she became a Christian. And that was the end of her pop career. But before before she got totally out of her pop career, she, she put out this gem. And I think you're going to love it. We're going to give it to you. And then we'll be back uh, right after you hear Laverne Baker, and and she's singing about, are you ready? How she got saved. Are you ready for this? I used to smoke, I used to drink, I used to smoke, drink, and there's the hoochie coo. I used to smoke and drink, smoke and drink, and there's the hoochie coo. Oh, yeah. But now I'm standing on this corner praying for me and you. That's why I'm saved. I'm saved. Cussing, 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 boogie all night long. 
So how did you like Laverne Baker? Fun, eh? Welcome back. 343-700-4390. It's a Late Night Council. It's Ask the Pastor. Whatever you bring to the program and whatever you hear me talking about, I'm going to try and give you a biblical perspective on all this stuff, okay? 343-700-4390. If you hear the mic go dead, it's because I'm coughing, okay? And and I have a cold, but you got nothing to worry about. You can't, colds are not transferable via the internet. I think you can pick them up from Standard Talk Radio, though. Yeah, I wouldn't trust that as far as I can throw it. But the online stuff's probably pretty safe. 1-844-562-4766. That's good for all over North America. 1-844-562-4766. And uh, I'm looking at the map here, and we got a lot of people listening in the States right now. And uh, you people in the States, you don't know about the bad reputation that that Target department store uh, gleaned up here in Canada. Because uh, most Americans, you know, I mean, Rick Mercer has made a lot of money and, you know, by doing, you know, his talking to Americans uh, shticks. And he's kind of uh, stereotyped Americans as have not, not, having, not having a clue of what goes on here in Canada. And, uh, you know, I, I, my son lives in the States. My daughter-in-law lives in the States. I got all kinds of friends in the States. I love going there. I love Americans. Um, but it is kind of true. You, you people do not know what's going on in Canada. You really don't, okay? And uh, Target, and I'm saying this for the American listeners because you Canadians, you know what happened up here. Target thought they could come up here into Canada and do well, Okay. And they really, really wet the bed. I mean, they put tens of millions of dollars investing into big department stores in big box malls and malls right across Canada. And I think they lasted for about a year and a half. And it was it was as bad a move as new Coke. Okay, it was it was just really, really bad. I mean, it was, and they were out of here almost as fast as they came in. And uh, why am I bringing this up on an Ask the Pastor night, you know, on Late Night Council? Well, you're going you're gonna, to uh, hear right now. Apparently, um, the chain store, uh, and I'm quoting from the uh, Christian Post article here, uh, Target has been the subject of a conservative boycott down in the States over its transgender bathroom policy. 
And the people that have put together this boycott, they've been boycotting Target for two years. I guess they put together, they, they've got this transgender uh, uh, bathroom policy where, you know, you can kind of go in any bathroom you want. And their shares have plunged to a two-year low in the fourth quarter of 2016. Of course, we're still in the first quarter when you go to financial recording of 2017. But in the last measurable quarter, their, their shares are down to a two-year low. Now, I'll quote you the article. You can tell me what you think of this. And, uh, I mean, I'm kind of tongue-in-cheek, you know, giving this information here. Because Target, at least the Canadian perception of Target is, we don't think these people are very smart the way they run their business. They, they just, you know, they, their aisles are always, you know, they're always, at least, and I've been to a lot of Target stores. I mean, I, I've been collecting Hot Wheels since I was eight years old. And, you know, when I go down to the States, I go on Hot Wheel hunts, okay? So I'm into every Target, Kmart, Walmart, and uh, Toys R Us there is, okay? And, and, uh, and uh, uh, you know, I, counsel, you're weird. Yeah, tell me something I don't know. My wife loves me, so I don't care. And, and so I've been in a lot of Target stores. Their aisles are always nicer than Walmart, always cleaner, okay? Price is a little higher, but, you know, my concept of them, since they did such a horrible job here up in Canada, you know, misunderstanding the market here and just losing millions. I don't think, that, you know, the sharpest knives in the drawer are running Target. But that's just me. And when I hear a conservative group saying, oh, they've got transgender bathrooms and, you know, their their market shares at a two-year low because of that, I don't know. I really don't know. And I'd like to know what you think on this as well. Okay? I'll continue a little bit with the article here. Several conservative organizations, such as Second Vote and the American Family Association, campaigned heavily throughout 2016 for families to take their business elsewhere, arguing that Target's decision to allow people to choose the restroom or changing facility that corresponds with their gender identity left women and girls exposed to the dangers of sexual predators. This Christmas shopping season, customers sent a clear message by taking their dollars anywhere but Target. And it's not surprising. And that's a hashtag that was very popular on Twitter that apparently tens of thousands of people, you know, uh, retweeted anywhere but Target. Second vote executive director Lane, uh, uh, Lance Ray said in a statement, okay, he, he's taking credit for the plunge in Target market share of this boycott of Target because of their transgender be- uh, bathroom uh, uh, policies. Ray, and by the way, you have to call it a bathroom when you go to the States, kids, for all you Canadian listeners. If you ask for a washroom down there, they're going to think that, you know, you, you, you're from another planet, which is really weird. You Americans, I mean, come on, give your head a shake. I do not want to go to a public restroom and take a bath. It's not a bathroom. It's a washroom. I mean, if I'm going to use fluids, I'm going to wash my hands. I'm not going to jump in the toilet and take a bath. It's a washroom. So stop giving me dirty looks when I go to the customer service at Walmart and ask where the washroom is. I'm tired of people looking at me going, huh? What's that, man? I mean a bathroom. Just, anyway. Lance Ray accused Target of pushing a radical agenda over common sense and safety and said that the giant retailer is shooting itself in the foot by continuing to hold on to such policies. Target, and you know what? I'm not necessarily buying the conservatives' boycott on it. I don't know. If we've got American listeners that, you know, have got Target in your neighborhood, and maybe you know of somebody that has, you know, been part of this boycott here, and, and you know, I want to hear from you. 343 700 That's 343 700 
1-844-562-4766. That's 1-844-562-4766. John, what's the biblical perspective of that? Well, the uh, Bible's clear. God made them male and God made them female. There's two genders, two sexes. And if you Google Michael Brown, Dr. Michael Brown, he's got one of the best articles I've read on, on, on transgenderism uh, that's been published out there. Okay? And he starts it off by saying, Caitlyn Jenner is not a woman. Caitlyn Jenner is a man wearing a dress. Whether he thinks or she thinks she's a woman or not. Okay? Because every cell in her body, his body, says that he's male. Down to the chromosomal level. Nature is very, 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 very rigid on that. And that's why the Bible says that God made the male and made them female. Now, I think anybody, and you know what? If you're a follower of Christ and you are being bigoted against transgenders or you're not being kind and compassionate, and if you're not building relationships with them, well, you're not very Christ-like, okay? We're not talking about rights here. We're talking about biology. All of biology says there's two genders. And to go against, I mean, even if you're an atheist and you don't believe in God, look at the chemical chromosomes. Look at the chemical makeup. You cannot change gender just because you you know, you take a few hormone shots and you get a you know you you, you get a, 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 a get some surgery. So I continue, and I see the caller on hold. There, we're going to get to you in a second here. Target has defended its policy by insisting that they are aimed at helping people feel comfortable. Okay, we welcome transgender team members and guests to use the restroom or fitting room facility that corresponds with their gender identity. Everyone deserves to feel like they belong. The company said in 2016. The American Family Association president, Tim Wildman, pushed back against the argument in September and wrote the Target's policy is exactly how sexual predators get access to their victims. And the proof keeps on mounting. Of course, there's, you know, all sorts of uh, instances of that going on. Now, mainstream media doesn't like reporting it because they got an agenda. They want to defend that. one 343 in the Capital Region, 844-562-4766. That's one 844 Five six two four seven six six. Let's uh, bring on a caller here, and like I don't know what the names are, so I got to ask uh, who, who's on the line there. Who's this? My name is Doug. I'm from Kirk. Hi, Doug. How you doing? Not too bad. What's on your mind, Doug? Well, just wondering. Are you are you starting to get the feeling, same as me, society is coming down to a, a fight between good and evil? Romans okay. one eighteen to thirty four, Doug. That is that was written that was written that was written 1900 years ago and anything we're talking about culture anything we're talking about transgenderism Donald Trump J- Justin Trudeau I keep telling people you want to know what kind of world we're living in Paul wrote about it 1950 years ago in Romans 1 Romans 1 1834 Exactly I mean you you said um, earlier atheism is a, a religion and I agree with that I call it humanism yeah and I got wonderful friends that are atheists but you, you know don't tell me don't give me this condescending attitude that oh well we don't believe any religion we're of no faith yes you are it takes all kinds of faith to believe oh, that definitely. you know we get everything from oh, nothing definitely. but you know I've, I've reached a conclusion with with that that you know I'm, I'm watching this more and more but I, I think that you know the 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 humanist movement I think they're out to basically destroy everything that is Judeo-Christian uh, heritage. Well, we're the biggest threat to them. I mean, they yeah, spend all their lot, time. A lot they, of the stuff that's going. It doesn't make any sense what's going on. Like, look at the embrace of Islam. Um, you know, a, a humanist or a progressive left 
it's 180 degrees. I know, I know. They believe in. But that's but it that's why that's why I refer to refer to Romans one at the beginning of your call, Doug, because it says that that professing to be wise, they became fools. So God gave them over to a depraved mind. It literally says that God has taken the light switch and turned the lights off in their brains. So they're 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 promoting things and believing in things that are absolutely ludicrous. I mean, what is crazier than a bunch of left-wing, bra-burning, you know, men-hating feminists? What is crazier than that, than them, you know, putting on a hijab and walking arm-in-arm with people that represent, you know, their a, a, a religion within its elements have, you know, uh, women are... are, are uh, you know they're mo- they're the most degraded. Uh, 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 they're more degraded than any other faith system in the world, and they're linking up. I these are feminists. It's crazy. They don't know how crazy it is. It's because they, I guess they've lost their frame of reference. Reference. They've certainly lost their moral compass. I'll give them that. But uh, even I was going to mention one one other thing. Like um, you brought up Trump uh, um, and the witches at the start of start of the show. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you heard, but uh, evangelist Pat, Pat Robinson uh, last week was talking about uh, all these attacks on Trump, and that's another thing that uh, a lot of it doesn't make sense. Whether you like Trump or, or not, a lot well, I'm I'm not really a big Pat Robertson fan either. You know, when somebody's quoting him in defense of Trump, I kind of think, yeah, you're going to have to do better than that, man. I mean, you know, and I'm not uh, either. I'm not even. It was interesting. I, I, you know, I was I was more anti-Trump before the election. I'm kind of coming on board with him because I see the quality of people that are attacking him, and I see the violence and the hypocrisy and the outright blatant bigotry and hatred. You know, I don't think the guy's perfect, but my goodness, the vitriol out there has totally destroyed the other side's uh, uh, argument as far as I'm concerned. They've conducted themselves with anything but dignity. Trump is bringing God back into uh, into politics in in the states, and uh, you look at his uh, state of the state of the union. Well, Doug, he's not bringing it back in. He's not bringing it back in. I think he's creating an environment where people of faith are feeling more comfortable now. Okay, maybe we're getting our freedoms back now because certainly under Obama, I mean, they were eroded. You look at the last line of of his big big speech. We are all made by the same God. You know, and that was the last. That was the summarizing line of his speech, and I think that drives. I think that drives the humanists or the atheists. Oh yeah. Wild. Well, they've you know they've had free reign. They've had the promotion of their religion, you know, uh, uh, with no restrictions for the last oh good twenty thirty years. So I I could I see that as a I perceive that as a breath of fresh air. Doug, good having you on. Thanks for calling on calling in. You're welcome. Appreciate you calling in. There's Doug. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. That's 343-700-4390. is the long distance line. That's 1-844-562-4766. Keep the emails under six lines. JC at LateNightCouncil.com or tweet at me at JWCouncil. I want to hear what you think about Target when we get back. And I got some other stuff to come at you, too, that you're not going to hear on mainstream media. Nothing but fresh stuff here tonight, folks. Stay with us.
So I'm reloading and taking a much-needed break with this here pre-recorded message. You can get a line right now while I'm doing that. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. That's uh, the Capital Region line. That's Ottawa, Gatineau, and close by. If you live far away, the toll-free line all across North America, 1-844-LNC is on. That's 1-844-562-4766. 1-844-562-4766. Our call service is automated. So you won't be talking to a live person until you're on air. Now, don't sweat that. Just follow the on-air prompts, and uh, you'll be fine. Trust me, you've handled this kind of technology before. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to me right now. You can connect with us live at tuneinradio.com or Google Play, or just click the Listen Live button at latenightcouncil.com. But, you know, chances are you've already done that. Just kind of a reminder. Council does not exist without advertisers. So if you want to buy time, email me at jc at latenightcouncil.com. And the rates are so cheap because, you know, we're just relaunching and getting things going again. You are going to absolutely love the rates. And, of course, your feedback is always welcome. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. And thanks for tuning in. We're back live in just a few seconds. So hang in there. I got a treat for you. We're coming up uh, to 10 o'clock Eastern time here. And uh, uh, I root for the Detroit Lions. And uh, the Detroit Lions are kind of like the Toronto Maple Leafs of the NFL. They have not won uh, an NFL championship in my lifetime. I think the last time they won it was 1957, 58, around there. So let's it's been 59 years. You Leaf fans, you whine and complain because you haven't won since 67, you know? And, uh, I mean, they've got a long time, futile, oh, my goodness. It's just, they're, they're just a bad team. But, you know, Windsor's my hometown, and, you know, I, I, I always root for the home team. And uh, Ottawa doesn't have an NFL team, so I stick with my home team. And uh, I remember th- about three years ago, 
they went 0-15, 0-16, ran the table, they call it in sports. They went no wins, 16 losses. And, uh, of course, you know, I'm, I'm watching the games and, and uh, when I can. And I remember when they were they were around 0-14 or 0-15, they hadn't completed the season yet, but they'd lost every game. And, of course, the, 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 every game is sold out at Ford Field in downtown Detroit. We've got a beautiful downtown stadium. It's indoor. And uh, somebody somebody was holding up a sign. <laughs> and they were all dressed in Lions gear, and they were holding up a sign that said, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> now, why am I talking about that? Because, because, and I can't remember, I think they played the Dallas Cowboys. Anyway, they, they, they always play on Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving Thursday. And, of course, I watched the game. And uh, uh, to kick the game off, they had Detroit icon Aretha Franklin come out and she sang America the Beautiful and it was really really long but oh she sat down at a grand piano and she she played the piano and belted out probably the best version of America the Beautiful I've ever heard and I got a treat for you tonight at the top of the hour this is so much better than news I mean I, I could foresee the day because you know as the show grows we may be able to bring in news services like broadcast news for instance is pretty easy to pipe in and, and it doesn't it's not an exorbitant price for us to give you you know uh, uh, news at the top of the hour at the bottom of the hour for about a three minute break so that that could happen but until then my heart will go on singing well not my heart well yeah we'll sing when you when I have the treat for you tonight tonight I've got uh, at the top of the hour uh, the Negro spiritual classic, Oh Happy Day. You know the tune, Oh Happy Day? Well, I got a version of it, okay, that you're going to hear tonight. It's Aretha Franklin and Mavis Staples. Does that sound familiar? No, she's not from the Staples big box store, not Office Depot. No, no. Some of you that are as old as me will remember from the 70s and the 60s, the Staples singers. They were a soul family that did soul music. And Mavis Staples is kind of like the matriarch of the Staples singers. And Mavis Staples and Aretha Franklin, of course, they were both both brought up in, in Christian homes. Uh, Aretha Franklin's dad, a Baptist minister in uh, in the Detroit area. And they were, they, they were brought up singing gospel music, okay? And it is one of the best versions of Oh Happy Day you have ever heard. Mavis Staples and Aretha Franklin, that's coming at the top of the hour. Oh, you want to hang around for that? And it will be on the podcast as well. Oh, isn't that delightful? And those of you that are worried about me paying royalties and everything, folks, we've already got already got a hold of SoCan. Okay, we're we're doing our due diligence here. Everything's good. Nothing's illegal here. It's all good. Okay, and uh, that's coming up. So we're in Lent now. Isn't it delightful to be in Lent? Now, you want a biblical perspective on Lent? There's hardly any. Very very little biblical support for Lent. As a matter of fact, if anything, you could make a pretty strong case that when you talk about following Christ and giving up things, that shouldn't be just a temporary thing for 40 days. Now, fasting is different, okay? But there is, there is almost zippo, zero biblical support for Lent. How can you speak against Lent? I'm not speaking against Lent. I think it's great. It's a Christian tradition. And it's a really good thing. I don't think it's a bad thing at all. But there's no biblical support for it anywhere. Well, Jesus went in the wilderness, you know, to fast for 40 days. Yeah, well, he didn't tell us to do that. He did say to his disciples, he expected his disciples to fast and his followers to fast, but not for 40 days. He never said, you're going to fast 40 days too. He did say, when you fast. 
So I'm not an anti-Lent guy at all. I mean, I've conducted all kinds of fun things for youth groups and churches to do for Lent. How could they be fun if you're giving things up? Well, you know, I'll tell you what's fun about giving something up. You give up sweets, you give up fried foods, and you give up overeating, and it's going to be pretty fun what you look like in the mirror two weeks from now. It's going to be pretty fun, you know, how your spouse is, you know, maybe paying more attention to you. When you start reaping the benefits of a good disciplined life, that's fun. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Of course, Lent is very popular, and and there's certainly in the religious world it's popular, but it's even popular in the secular world because they like poking fun at it, you know? It was like a going gag. And uh, I was looking at uh, who was doing this now. There's an organization. Oh, it's Christianity Today. Christianity Today Online, they decided to get people tweeting about what they're, uh, about to give it up, give it up for Lent. I'll give you the article there that was in Christianity Today. New this year is a LifeWay research study on what Americans, forgive me, uh, Canadians, you know, like most of this stuff comes out of the States. And we kind of try and filter it through our, you know, our little, bit, uh, our little bit more intellectual approach on life and culture and everything, okay? LifeWay research study on, on uh, Americans who observe Lent say they actually, say what they actually, who observe they, Lent say they actually gave up. It offers a chance to compare Twitter's serious versus sarcastic shares. Perennial favorites are social work, networking, alcohol, chocolate. They lead the list, wrote Open Bible Info Stephen Smith, creator of the Twitter Lent Tracker. Based on the first 1,600 tweets, my main question, given the current U.S. political climate, is how high Donald Trump would rank. In other words, how many people want to give up Donald Trump for Lent? And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fill you in on... Uh, the number of tweets, like what gets mentioned, because he's got the top 100 things that people are giving up for Lent. And some of, the, some of the entries are pretty good. Some of them are pretty funny. But as promised, taking us over the top of the news hour, okay? Oh, you, if you don't enjoy this, you are made out of stone, okay? There's something wrong with you. You have issues that I don't even think listening to a late-night counts are going to help you with. But I'll tell you, the rest of you normal people, you're going to love this, okay? This is Mavis Staples and Aretha Franklin Probably the best version of Oh Happy Day you will ever hear in your life. Enjoy.
White. Maurice White from Earth, Wind, and Fire. He was the lead singer of Earth, Wind, and Fire. How, 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 how? I guess you got to be black to do that. When whites do it, it's just annoying. Maurice White died last year. Kind of rocked me because I didn't know that he died. I was reminded because uh, um, Heather and I just recently saw the movie Doctor Strange. Have you seen Doctor Strange yet? It's really weird, you know. But I'm a big, big superhero fan, so. My favorite scene, I'm not going to, there's no spoiler alerts. Don't have to worry about giving away the plot here or anything. But my favorite scene in Doctor Strange is uh, before he has an accident, he's a, he's a brilliant brain surgeon. And he's getting ready to do brain surgery, and he's scrubbing up, and it shows close-ups of his hands, okay? And he's scrubbing up and getting the surgical gloves on. And they're playing... Earth, Wind, and Fire's biggest hit they ever had, Shining Star. Okay, well, I love that tune, and they're playing it in the background. And, of course, Maurice White's the lead singer. And uh, he died of Parkinson's disease, I believe. He was in his early 70s. Now, some of you under 40s, you're, you're kind of tilting sideways, you know, with your head going, what is he talking about? Who is he? You know, Man, you're sounding old. Counsel. That's because I am old. I'm 57, okay? And... Anybody that's over 50 will tell you, you know, they, they stopped making good rock and roll after 1985. And it was spiraling down after 1980, from 80 to 85. And by the 85, it was over. There's nothing good that's happened since then. But this is Ask the Pastor. This is not middle-aged bald guys talking rock and roll. 343-700-4390. It's, it's Ask the Pastor. It's Late Night Council. Whatever uh, you want to talk about, give me a call. And, uh, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give you the biblical faith perspective on it. I'm doing my best. Whatever I talk about on this program, that's because, you know, that makes more sense to me than anything. I hope you're not one of those. And I know I'm, I'm broadcasting from the capital of Canada here. You know, the, the, may as well call it the capital political correctness for the world. And my city here is infested with people who, who live by the maxim and who live by the belief. And it just blows me away. They really need to read the book of Romans. Actually, the whole book of the the whole Bible would do them good. But uh, they really need to read Romans 1. This city is filled with people that think. Now, imagine this, okay? Now, some of you, your brains have not disengaged here. You're still, you know, coherent. You still kind of understand the difference between right or wrong, black and white, okay? You're not that easily fooled by all the nonsense that's on, you know, what uh, uh, pretends to be news nowadays. But there, um, there are actual people in this city who think. And this just blows me away. They think that if their political leader gets elected, the world's going to be a better place. They think, you know, if we could just get, if Trudeau could have his way, or if, you know, if the conservatives can get the right person to lead the federal party, oh, we're going to have utopian Canada. Listen, nothing in this country is changing unless there's a spiritual revolution, okay? 
And I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about the power of Jesus Christ, the ability of Jesus Christ, the risen Christ, to transform people's lives. Okay? Christ makes business people more honest. Christ makes government workers more diligent. Christ makes people that were thieving and egotistical humble and helpful. Christ makes people that were addicted not only free from what held them back, but they're out there helping other people that are addicted. And you know what? Government programs for the poor, thank God we got them, but that's not the solution. If you can get rid of problems by throwing money at them, you've got, you don't have problems. The people who are making the biggest difference in the disenfranchised, the outcasts of our society and the poor, are people who have the love of Christ in them. Here in our city in Ottawa, you talk to people that work at Capital City Mission, at Ottawa Inner City Ministries, at the Mission, at the Shepherds of Good Hope, the Salvation Army. And if you're listening for Toronto, you talk to people that work with Evergreen and the Young Street Mission. Why do they do it? Because they like the Russia helping people? They're all tra- No, Christ has come into their life and transformed them. That's what real Christianity looks like. Real Christianity is not, you know, getting up on a, on a soapbox and telling everybody what you believe. The best way to demonstrate the power of Jesus Christ is by demonstrating God's love. Changes people, man. It changes people. And it does really, really cool supernatural things. And that's one of the reasons I'm motivated to only do the show on Sunday night. If I can't talk about Christ, if I can't talk about what really makes a difference then I don't want to waste my time, you know, with... In fact, the Bible, the biblical perspective on it, there's a number of scriptures that, that, uh, where Paul writes, that, writes to the early church and says, don't get caught up in, you know, meaningless talk and endless genealogies. That doesn't mean, you know, and I'm using my own vernacular now, it doesn't mean a spit in the windstorm when it comes to, you know, uh, uh, eternity. So you could chew on that. That wasn't even in my notes. That's a little bit of extemporaneous stuff, you know. Getting me cranked. 343-743-90 in Ottawa, Gatineau, in the region here. 343, that's a new area code here, folks. So, and we still have 613, but 343, the 613 numbers are full up and they're harder to come by more and more now. So now you're going to be hearing more 343 numbers. 343-743-90 in Ottawa. If you're calling anywhere in North America, one 844 Come on, I'm paying for that toll-free there. You know, I mean, use it. one 844 you can email me. It's got to be under six lines. JC at LateNightCouncil.com. That's JC at LateNightCouncil.com. And if you hear the mic cutting out, we're not having technical difficulties. It's me turning it off because I've, I've got a bad cold. You might, be, might even have noticed that already. Uh, Nick's shows from Thursday night and the previous Thursday are up on the podcast now, okay? And I encourage you to tune in to Nick at night on Wednesday nights at 9 o'clock, okay? Nick and I are kind of... Sharing the load here in the studio, kind of working together. And his shows are up on podcast. Uh, the first uh, Late Night Council we did from the new location here is up on podcast as well. Just go to latenightcouncil.com. You'll figure it out. Now, we're going to be revamping that. We're totally redesigning the website. Nick's going to have his own uh, site and uh, you know on our network. And uh, it's going to be so much, so much uh, user-friendly uh, user than, than it is, more user-friendly than it is right now. And, uh, but at least you can hear us, okay? At least we're on there. At least uh, you know, you, we're, we're coming through, and uh, the numbers are terrific tonight. Uh, uh, so keep that in mind. Uh, things are going to be changing for the better. JC at LateNightCouncil.com is the email address. Keep it under six lines. And you can tweet at me 
at JW Council. Whatever's on your mind. Uh, we went to uh, Aretha Franklin and Mavis Staples, and we're talking about Lent. And, uh, of course, the number one thing that more people tweeted about. Now, this tally that I'm quoting right now was as of March the 3rd. So Lent, I think, just started last week, okay? So these are preliminary numbers. But a patterns can be seen already. The number one thing that people are giving up for Lent is alcohol, okay? Alcohol. The next thing. Oh, we live in such a 21st century world, don't we? The next, number two, and, and uh, Christianity Today published this list, uh, and I, I don't know whether they're updating or not. Uh, this was, uh, you know, I, I uh, printed this up for the show tonight, this afternoon, and the numbers are as of Friday in the morning. But uh, definitely some patterns are emerging. Uh, the number one thing that people are giving up for Lent, in, in, and it's, a, it's a quite a broad sample as well. 1,600 people have partic- participated in uh, you know, telling people what they're giving up for Lent so far. Alcohol's number one. Number two, social networking. Oh, what do you know? Common sense creeping into the body of Christ. What do you know? Who would have thought that would have happened, huh? Social networking. No Facebook, no Instagram, no Snapchat, no Twitter. I don't know. I guess... I guess I don't know if emails would be included in social networking. So next to alcohol, social networking is the number one thing people are giving up for Lent. Number three, chocolate. And then four is Twitter. Standalone. Number two is social networking. You know, that would include Twitter, but four, Twitter is a standalone. Now, it gets a little funny here. It gets a little goofy because uh, number 12 on the list of 100 is uh, people are giving up Lent for Lent. Whoa, lots of comedians, eh? Everybody thinks they're funny. And uh, uh, the guy who put this together said that his real, what he was really trying to find out was how far up or how far down the list Donald Trump would be or how he would manifest himself on the list. And sure enough, number 21, number 21, people giving up, uh, whatever that means to give up Donald Trump for Lent. How do you give up Donald Trump for Lent? What, do you stop watching TV? Do you ignore news? Do you, do you click your heels three times and pretend maybe he's not there, that he's going to go away? And then there's a little bit of dark humor. Number 22, people are giving up hope for Lent. <laughs> That's a lot of good positive Christian influence in some of those lives. Uh, yeah, here's another one. Uh, number 23, and I'm not giving you all of them because some of this, you know, most of them are innate and, you know, expected and, you know, sugar, meat, life, soda, school, swearing, you know. Number 23, work. Over 400 people giving up work for Lent. Yeah, sure you are. Yeah, yeah. That's really funny as he rolls his eyes and knocks the back of his neck with his eyeballs. Giving up. Now, here, this is really dumb, you know. At number 28, giving up religion for Lent. Really? Well, if you're giving up religion for Lent, aren't you practicing religion by giving something up? People don't think. Number 41, uh, the, the people giving up breathing for Lent. That's got to be some emo teenagers there, like, uh, you know, participating. Uh, Instagram is on there. Uh, number 50, oh, this is beautiful. Oh, you're going to love this. Giving up virginity for Lent. Right. How noble. How Christ-like. How creative. Boy, that's really sacrificing. Now, this is, again, an American list. Number 53, giving up the presidency for Lent. And now 162 people tweeted that. I never knew there were that many people living in the White House that were presidents that they could give up the presidency for Lent. 
Number 72, giving up my will to live for Lent. I wonder if those are Democrats. <laughs> oh, they're a hurting bunch right now. They just seem to be every time I see them on the news. Of course, then again, what, you can, what can you trust on the news? You can't trust anything on the news. You can trust online, though, folks. And if you don't think you can trust me, well, then you just call in and tell me why, okay? I want to hear from you. 343-743-90. It's Late Night Council. 343-743-90 in the Capital Region. one 562 4766. That's one 562 4766 Open line, open topic, all the way to 11 o'clock. And you know, if we have calls past 11, okay, I, I may go past 11. We'll see, okay? That's going to be entirely up to you. I have left that option open since we relaunched Late Night Council last week. And it looks like I've got some emails coming in. I'm going to check those and see if any of them are airworthy. And we'll check the Twitter exchange too. And you just stay right where you are, okay? Stay with us. and taking a much-needed break with this here pre-recorded message. You can get a line right now while I'm doing that. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. That's uh, the Capital Region line. That's Ottawa, Gatineau, and close by. If you live far away, the toll-free line all across North America, one 844 is on. That's one 844 562-4766. Our call service is automated. So you won't be talking to a live person until you're on air. Now don't sweat that. Just follow the on-air prompts and uh, you'll be fine. Trust me, you've handled this kind of technology before. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to me right now. You can connect with us live at tuneinradio.com or Google Play or just click the listen live button at latenightcouncil.com. But you know, chances are you've already done that. Just kind of a reminder. Council does not exist without advertisers. So if you want to buy time, email me at jc at latenightcouncil.com. And the rates are so cheap because, you know, we're just relaunching and getting things going again. You are going to absolutely love the rates. And, of course, your feedback is always welcome. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. 
And thanks for tuning in. We're back live in just a few seconds. So hang in there. Welcome back. 343 4390 in Ottawa, Gatineau, Hull, Buckingham, Chelsea, Russell, Embrun, Carlton Place, Carp. 343-7400-4390. And uh, if you're calling from the more exotic places, of course, you know, we got some... Exotic places in the capital region. But if you're calling from Poor Island, Nova Scotia, Bloody Springs, Alabama, Limber Lost, Missouri, or Number One, Kentucky, where they chant, We're number one, no matter what's on TV or no matter what sports team is playing, 1 844 562 4766. That's 1 844 562 Four seven six six. It's open line, open topic, folks. I'm not doing the show on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday. I'm not even doing Freebie Fridays. It's just a Sunday night alone gig. So, boy, if you want to get your word heard to a lot of people, and trust me, there's a lot of. And that's what we've noticed about the numbers. We're getting way, way, way more people listening when I'm only on one night a week. You know, even though you can, you know, listen to the podcast, but you can't call in during the podcast, can you? You can't be a part of the program. In fact, try that. Why don't you, you know, you people that think that, you know, life's going to be better if your political candidate gets elected, okay? Why don't you guys call in the podcast while it's playing and see what happens? Trust me, it doesn't work. This is live right now, okay? It is 23 minutes after 10 Eastern time, Sunday night, March the 5th. This is live. You can call in. You can be a part of the show. You can, as the guy says in the background when the show opens up, your chance to make history. one 844 is long distance. That's one 844 And uh, one of the guys I like to follow on Twitter, now he didn't tweet me this, but he, he's really funny. And, and just because you don't know who the person is that's putting this stuff out, it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. But uh, I would encourage you to follow, if you're on Twitter, in fact, if you're not on Twitter, it's worth getting on just to follow this guy. Follow Lloyd the Legalist. Okay? Lloyd the Legalist. Go on Twitter and look up Lloyd Legalist. And the avatar, the picture that he has there, is a picture of John MacArthur. Now, John MacArthur has got a reputation. Now, I don't say he's like this because, you know, I've read some of his stuff. It's not bad. 
But John MacArthur in certain Christian circles of North America has got himself to a, a bit of a reputation as being a legalist. But what makes this guy's picture even more fun on Twitter is that John MacArthur has got to be in his 70s now, at least late 60s. But he's got a picture of John MacArthur when John MacArthur was in his early 40s. And it's a really hokey, it's a parody account, but it's really fun. And uh, he just put out on Twitter, and he's got musical notation, so I guess you're supposed to sing this old hymn if you know the tune. And I know the tune, but I got a bad cold, and, you know, I, I don't want to scare any of you away. It's to the tune of His Eye is on the Sparrow. His Eyes on the Sparrow, a Negro spiritual classic made famous by Ethel Waters when she used to be Billy Graham's go-to soloist when he did all his missions, you know, like in the 60s and 70s. He'd go into these big stadiums and have these big preaching events. And Ethel Waters, who used to be a very popular jazz singer in the 40s, uh, you know, came to Christ. And, and Billy Graham used him and uh, used her in a lot of her uh, 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 missions. And, you know, she'd warm up the crowd kind of. And, and her signature tune was, His Eye is on the Sparrow. I had breakfast with my mother down in Brantford, Ontario this morning. My mother is 84 years old. She's going to be 85 in, in, in May. And my mom, well, she could still belt it out. My mom was like an opera soloist. I mean, her voice could shatter glass. And I know I'm going down, I'm, I know I'm digressing and diverging and going down a few rabbit holes here, but trust me, it's worth it. Stay with me, okay? The stories are taking on a bit of a life of their own, but stay with me here, okay? When I was in Bible college, big rock and roll fan even back then, okay, I had my little doohickey stereo hooked up to a 200-watt amplifier that was uh, uh, that I used for my drum kit. I had an electronic drum on my drum kit back then. And when I wasn't, when the amp wasn't hooked up to my drum kit, it would be, you know, the, the main music for uh, uh, my room. And... Every once in a while, uh, somebody in the college would have a tape of my father, because my, when my father preached, he, he would, you know, his tapes would go all over the place. Of course, my tapes, you know, for years have gone all over the world as well. But uh, typically, when they made tapes, at, when we were pastoring in Windsor, they would have the soloist on as well, because they'd always have a soloist that would kind of sing before the message. That's the, the, the tradition that they held to. Well, lo and behold, if one of those tapes that wasn't circulating around the dorm had my mother singing some operatic, you know, uh, 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 tune, and uh, the guys in my dorm figured they would have a little more fun because I had easily the most powerful stereo. We did structural damage to the room that was that loud. And I never got to find the tape. They would always hide the tape on me, collaborating with my roommate. And I don't like to. I don't like to get up in the morning. I don't like getting up early. So seven in the morning, they, you know, about twenty of them would be in on this, and they'd have my mom singing full tilt at two hundred watts. Okay, this operatic stuff. Okay, and one of the tunes that she did was "His Eye Is on the Sparrow," the Ethel Ethel Waters' signature tune. My mom really did a good job on it, and I can remember hearing that and, it, and jumping out of the bed because you know you don't want to necessarily hear that at that kind of volume at seven in the morning. And the real lyrics go, I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. It's a great tune. You know, it's worth Googling Ethel Waters right now 
or when you're done listening to me live here, okay, Google Ethel Waters and, and, and watch her because they've got footage of her singing in the 50s and the 60s when she sang for Billy Graham. You can see footage on, on Google of Ethel Waters singing his eyes on the spare. You get chills up and down your spine. I just wonderful. So that's the signature tune. So Lloyd the Legalist, it's, it's all coming back now, okay? It's all coming back now, you hear? Here we go. So Lloyd Legas, you follow him on Twitter. He's got a little musical note, and this is what it says. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. For his eye is on the sparrow and my Schofield KJV. Now, even people who've been brought up in evangelical Christianity, half of you are not going to get that. But, oh, maybe 25% of you will, and you are on the floor laughing right now. That is hilarious to people that are on that in-joke. And the rest of you just kind of nod politely and kind of pretend like, yeah, yeah, we know what John's talking about. Yeah, yeah, we got it, we got it. Yeah, it's okay, it's okay. Way to go. Good job. Way to fake it. I I was not really into that music. I have incredible respect for, you know, people that... uh, you know, sing like Ethel Waters, and you heard that tune with Aretha Franklin and Mavis Staples doing Oh, Happy Day. Um, I was more of the Larry Norman. Actually, I never really is, was into Christian rock anyway. I, I figured, why listen to the imitation stuff? We can have the real stuff. But um, there was a tune I remember that came out when I was about 16 or 17 years old, and some of you might remember Larry Norman's uh, 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 Why Should the Devil Have All the Good Music? You ever heard that song? I hope you haven't. You know why? Because you're going to hear it right now. We're going to break. I'm going to play this tune for you. You're going to love it, okay? This is Larry Norman. Why should the devil have all the good music? Try to listen to the lyrics. They're really, really, really good. Trust me. I want the people to know that it saved my soul, but I still like to listen to the radio. They say rock and roll is wrong. We'll give you one more chance. I say I feel so good. I got to get up and dance. I know what's right, I know what's wrong, I don't confuse it. All I'm really trying to say is why should the devil have all the good music? And I feel good every day. Because Jesus is a rock and he rolled my blues away. They say to cut my hair, they're driving me insane. I threw it out long to make room for my brain. But sometimes people don't understand what's a good boy doing. There's nothing wrong with playing blues list. Well, if you got a reason, tell me to my face. Why should the devil have all the good music? There's nothing wrong with what I play. Ah, Jesus is a rock and he rolled my blues away. All right. I ain't 
Yeah, you can find a lot of him on Google as well and on uh, the YouTube. Larry Norman, why should the devil have all the good music? He's, his, his reputation has really become soiled, though. There's a, a lot of people that I guess he wasn't the nicest person to, to do business with. And, uh, I mean, I've said in my churches for years, uh, God has to use imperfect people to do his work because all the perfect ones are dead. And if the, if the, if the things that they've said about Larry Norman, about being dishonest with finances and stuff like that, if they're really true, okay, if they're really true, that doesn't take away from the fact that the guy wrote some amazing tunes. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. That's three, and I mean, I say amazing tunes, not just entertaining tunes. Some very insightful and good stuff too. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety in the capital region. It's open line, open topic, whatever you want to talk about. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. One eight four four five six two four seven six six is the long distance line. That line for work works all across North America, folks. If you're calling from Hare Bay, Newfoundland, boy, that almost sounds like a Bugs Bunny episode, doesn't it? If you're calling from Mattawoman, not Mattawa, Mattawoman, Maryland, Blackjack, Nevada, Lodge Pole, South Dakota, or lovely lady, Texas, one 562 That's 1-844-562-4766. You can email me. It's got to be under six lines, though. JC at late night That's JC at late night Night is not spelt N I T E. Okay. No, that would be, that would be encouraging, you know, just slovenly uh, 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 spelling. It's N I G H T. Late night council, all one word, late night JC at late night Keep it under six lines. And uh, Twitter at JW Council. And of course, it's got its own restrictions on length. That's why I love Twitter. You know? People who are communicating, I you know, I love the fact that Donald Trump tweets often. I, I just love the way he bypasses traditional media. And some of the things he tweets, I roll my eyes. You know, you got to be kidding me. But you know, it doesn't matter. I think I think a leader should be accessible like that. Hey, every politician and every leader's got warts. I kind of I think I like my politicians where you can see the warts right out there. I mean, there's no pretending there. And he won, too. And every favorable poll, we quoted a poll last week from Gallup. Gallup is, you know, the most respected polling company in North America. And and more people trust Donald Trump than they do the mainstream media down there. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. Now, today is March the 5th. And, uh... Friday, a much-anticipated movie was released. And I want to know if anybody out there has seen it yet. Because I know millions and millions of you have read the novel The Shack. I'm just looking at some stats here. The Shack, so far, has already sold... 20 million copies, the novel, that was released in 2007. It spent 49 weeks number one on the New York Times bestseller list. 
49 weeks. That's almost an entire year at number one. Not just on the list. It was number one for almost the entire calendar year of 2008. Do you know how much money they spent? The guy that wrote it, James Young, I think is his name is. William James Young, I can't remember. Do you know how much money he spent on marketing the shack? I mean, because every big author, you know, there's always a big multi-billion dollar marketing campaign. You see commercials and everything, or you hear things, or, you know, print ads. And, of course, social media, there's ads for everything. You know how much money they spent marketing the shack? 300 bucks. That was the total marketing budget. The popularity was pure word of mouth. And it has cracked the top, not only was it the top-selling book of, of uh, 2008, okay? It is. It has cracked the top 50 list of best-selling books of all time. Like, crazy popular book. And it swept through, and, and those of you that have read The Shack, you know what I'm talking about, or you've heard of it. Please don't adjust your phone or your computer. It's just me coughing and turning the mic off, so I don't have to share that with you. Uh, those of you that have heard of it, and especially those of you that are in the faith community, you know that there's been quite a controversy about the shack. And I don't want to, you know, uh, there, there are obviously, even though 20 million copies were sold, uh, I've encouraged people to read it. I really have. And I've gotten in trouble from pastors who were mad at me Oh, you shouldn't be promoting that book because it, it, it presents a warped, you know, view of God. And, and I can't really fault people for getting mad at me for that because I, I don't mean to go around, you know, saying that this guy is right on because it, it is a, and again, not giving any plot lines away, okay? But this guy has an encounter with God goes through a horrible, horrible tragedy in his life. And he has an encounter with God. And God is depicted in the novel as an elderly black woman. God manifests himself to this guy as an elderly black woman. And the Holy Spirit is manifest as this beautiful woman that's kind of mysterious and kind of floats around. And Jesus... And I've seen the trailers for The Shack, and I was very, very interested because I heard they were, you know, making a movie about this, and I thought, oh, I hope they don't blow it like they've taken. Like, if you see what Hollywood did to Noah's Ark, oh, what a, what a complete disaster that was. You know, some goofball exercising his artistic license and just going off the deep end with it. So, you know, people who don't know the story of Noah's Ark, you know, they kind of look at it and think, what is this nonsense? And people who do know the story are looking at it and shaking their head, what is this nonsense? We know the story. This is ridiculous. So when I heard they were making a movie, The Shack, I'm thinking, oh, I hope they don't Hollywoodize it. And I've seen the trailers, and I'll tell you, it looks like a good, oh, it's got to be, you know, if you go on internetmoviedatabase.com, IMDB, you can see that there's a big budget on this movie. I think it's anywhere from 40 to $100 million they spent on this. Sam Worthington is the star. I believe Sam Worthington was uh, the star of Avatar. Avatar is the biggest Highest grossing movie of all time, James Cameron's Avatar. So Sam Worthington is the main star of The Shack. So they spared no dimes on the cast. 
and I've seen a couple trailers now, and look at I know special effects, okay, and they have they have gone full tilt, full out in 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 big budget making this flick, and it has really stirred up controversy within uh, the, the the Christian community. The secular community they don't really care what the Christian community thinks. You know, all they care about is bucks. And it remains to be seen whether it's going to be a flop or not. My guts tell me it's probably going to be, well, even if they get everybody that's read the novel, if you just get the people to read the no- that have read the novel going and seeing the movie, it's going to break even. It's going to gross probably, and if the budget's anywhere from 40 to $100 million bucks, it'll probably gross anywhere from 80 to $120 million. So they'll, it'll break even. Whether it becomes a, as big a hit as a movie as it was a book, I don't think that's going to happen. So why am I bringing it up? I'll tell you why. Because the, the, the strength of the shack, and again, I don't mean to be necessarily an advocate of it or, or you know, to diss it, but the strength of it is, and this is what impressed me about the, uh, the, the shack, it, it, is a, it is a fantasy novel, just like in the same vein that C.S. Lewis and J.R. Tolkien, okay, J.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis, J.R. Tolkien, author of Lord of the Rings, uh, C.S. Lewis, the author of the Chronicles of Narnia, uh, Mere Christianity, and some of the most, well, I think there are some people who call C.S. Lewis the greatest theologian of the 20th century. I happen to agree with them. I think he is. Brilliant, brilliant writer. And could communicate in such common sense terms that everybody, he wasn't high above people. People could really, really relate to his stuff, really, really easy to understand stuff. He would bring, you know, incredible theological and eternal truths into the language that everybody could grasp, okay? And he wrote a lot of fiction and a lot of allegory, like the Screwtape Letters. The Screwtape Letters is a novel about a, a senior demon giving advice to a junior demon, on how to better tempt mankind. His book, The Great Divorce, his book, The Great Divorce, there's no way that there's any scriptural evidence that that's the way it happens, but it's a fictional book that depicts people who die. And they go to the entrance of heaven, and people from heaven come out, they try to talk these people into coming into heaven. And these people are so into themselves and so into their own agendas, they don't even want to go to heaven. They'd rather go to hell. And it reveals human nature like no other book I've ever seen when it comes to spiritual and eternal values. Fantastic stuff. If you've never read The Great Divorce, I think it's one of the best works by C.S. Lewis ever. And Young's book, The Shack, I think is in that same vein. It's excellent fiction, and it's bring, I think it brings out some eternal truths, and it does it in a way. I mean, I don't think a book, I don't think a book has to be, you know, every T crossed and every I dotted to bring out some pretty eternal truths that people have difficulty with in the Bible. I'll give you an example from the shack, and again, no spoiler alert here. At the very least, you need to you need to read the book or go see the flick, and I want to see the flick because I want to see how true they've been to the uh, the book. I'll say this, that when I saw the trailers and I saw Jesus depicted, Jesus is depicted in the shack probably more accurately than any depiction I've ever seen. You know why? He looks like a Middle Eastern terrorist. He looks like a young man from either Palestine or Israel or Egypt or Jordan or Lebanon. He has Middle Eastern features. I mean, these crazy depictions of Jesus they have of him being having blonde hair and blue eyes. and Come on. Every culture, every culture, you know, uh, molds Jesus into their own image. We want Jesus to look like us because we want him to identify with us. 
That's why we say he's my Lord. No, God never taught us that he was my Lord. He taught us to pray he's our Father. He's universal. But he was Jewish. He was raised in that area. And he looked Middle Eastern. And the shack depicts it. It's a young man. He looks like he's maybe 28, 29. And in, from what the Bible says, that's exactly what he would look like. Now, the way they depict God the Father, yeah, that's a bit of a stretch. And the Holy Spirit, that's, well, we don't know what the Holy Spirit looked like because, you know, like he's a spirit. And the New Testament does assign uh, a, a, a male title to him. So why am I advocating? I'll tell you why. And, and the reason why I would, I would even put the novel, maybe not, you know, uh, Young's other works, but certainly The Shack. I would put it in the same category as some of the best books ever written by C.S. Lewis because he depicts a Christian attitude, a Christ-like attitude towards suffering and tragedy better than I've ever read. I don't recall a more moving a more powerful, a more biblically accurate and eloquent description of what it means to go through tragedy and suffering in the power and the strength and the love of God than what the shack has and how it depicts, you know, this guy, how he copes with the loss of his, uh, the, you know, the tragedy that he goes through and how God the Father comforts him. It's really powerful stuff. It is really something. In fact, I thought the whole, whole novel was kind of hokey. And I kind of thought, you know, what is everybody excited about? Until I get to the part where God starts talking to this guy and starts healing his hurts and starts, you know, ministering to him through. And everything that Young is writing is right out of Scripture, you know? It harmonizes beauty. Yeah, it depicts God in a weird kind of way. But I think that like anything that is produced by somebody who is imperfect, especially when it comes to uh, trying to honor God and trying to reveal the, the deep and more powerful truths of God that, that transform our lives, I think you eat the meat and spit out the bones. And the bones, you know, they don't stick in your craw that bad. They're not bad. It's, he's a good writer. It's a real page. Like when I read it, it was it was one of those books that keeps me up at night. You know, I'd come home from the radio show, you know, about eleven thirty, and read the shack for about an hour, and think, oh, yeah, I can handle twelve thirty. Yeah, I did two thirty. I'm still reading the dumb thing, and it's not a dumb thing. I don't just use that as a figure of speech. But uh, I really, I would really like to talk to somebody who's seen the movie. It was released Friday night, the movie version of the shack. And uh, you know, if if it's if it's not out long enough, maybe you didn't even know it was going to be released this weekend. It's playing in theaters all across North America, so you got some homework this week. Okay, I still got a few uh, a few minutes before we've got to close the show off tonight. Okay, but uh, uh, you know, if anybody has seen the Shack yet over the weekend, if you if you if you're a fan of the book, or maybe you really don't like the book and you got like a chip on your shoulder when it comes to the Shack. I want to hear it from you. I want to hear from, I would love for somebody, you know, uh, firsthand to call in and tell us about it. Okay, 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. And uh, uh, toll free is 1-844-562-4766. That's 1-844-562-4766. I'm running out of time, folks. And my lines aren't stacked, so there's a good chance we're going to end at 11 o'clock. And another, I got another great tune to, to share with you to take us out of the program tonight, okay? So keep that in mind. I don't know if it's going to, you know, rise to the level of Aretha Franklin and Mavis Staples that you heard earlier, but it's going to be worth uh, waiting around for, okay? So give me a call, especially if you've seen The Shack, or you want to drop me a comment on Twitter or, or the email, jc at Late Night Council. If you've seen it, I want to hear from you. Stay with us.
So I'm reloading and taking a much-needed break with this here pre-recorded message. You can get a line right now while I'm doing that. 343-743-390. That's 343-743-390. That's uh, the Capital Region line. That's Ottawa, Gatineau, and close by. If you live far away, the toll-free line all across North America. 1-844-LNC is on. That's 1-844-562-4766. 1-844-562-4766. Our call service is automated. So you won't be talking to a live person until you're on air. Now, don't sweat that. Just follow the on-air prompts and uh, you'll be fine. Trust me, you've handled this kind of technology before. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to me right now. You can connect with us live at tuneinradio.com or Google Play or just click the Listen Live button at latenightcouncil.com. But, you know, chances are you've already done that. Just kind of a reminder. Council does not exist without advertisers. So if you want to buy time, email me at jc at latenightcouncil.com. And the rates are so cheap because, you know, we're just relaunching and getting things going again. You are going to absolutely love the rates. And, of course, your feedback is always welcome. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. And thanks for tuning in. We're back live in just a few seconds. So hang in there. I'm sorry, but I've never heard the Res Band or Larry Norman or Keith Green or thousand foot, nine hundred foot crutch, whatever you call them. I'm not, I've never heard a, a, a gospel or Christian band come anywhere near as close to producing the music that 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 yes. 
created. Just my opinion, but that's the beauty of talk radio, isn't it? We share our opinions. So uh, uh, we had one caller tonight, and God bless Doug for calling in. Uh, but our numbers are phenomenal tonight. Our numbers tonight are as high as they ever were when we were broadcasting from the previous location. And people feel, I guess, they just want to sit in and tune in. And, uh, and, and it's great having you with us. But it doesn't look like I'm going to be going past 11 o'clock Eastern tonight. In fact, I think I may cut a little bit early. Well, we'll see. It might go right on. The, we may end right on the, on the button. But uh, um, I want you to know. Uh, I, want, I got a little bit of a story to tell you here. When I was pastoring in Brandon, Manitoba, in fact, we started broadcasting from Brandon, Manitoba to Ottawa when I first uh, uh, went on with the old uh, radio station. We had moved from Nipawa, Manitoba to Brandon, and uh, the real estate market in Nipawa is terrible. We had bought a nice home in the country, and uh, it wasn't selling. You know, it was, and we, you know, we we're asking even less than we paid for it. And, uh, our we were driving every day an hour one way from Nipawa to Brandon because uh, I was pastoring the church there my wife was teaching at a Christian school there my kids were all going to school there so we were commuting all six of us okay in the Mazda MPV minivan driving from Nipawa to Brandon every day and uh, you know we were losing money it was bad okay and and it was very 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 stressful and I remember we had a stereo, car stereo, and one of the tunes that we would listen to often, over and over again, we never got tired of it, was an album by the Maranatha Singers I shared with you last week. I played one of their tunes, one of the last, the last tune we played last week. We went out with, um, I still did quiet in my soul. But in that stressful time, when, you know, we were losing money and, and, you know, I got a young family and trying to, you know, pastor this church and, and it's a new setting for all of us. We would put the stereo on for that hour-long drive. And I'll bet we listened to this tune probably at least once a week. So maybe 30 or 40 times throughout the year. Listen to the lyrics. It's by the Maranatha Singers, okay? It's based on Psalm 11. All the lyrics come from Psalm chapter 11, so you can look it up. And if you're carrying something or you're going through something and maybe your faith is getting stretched, well, that's why I love the Psalms. I mean, they're, the Psalms were originally written to put music to anyway. So I think this is the best rendition of Psalm 11 I've ever heard. Have a delightful evening. Send me an email this week. Tell me you know, tell me what you think of, uh, of the program and uh, uh, give me some insights. And we're back at it again at 9 o'clock next Sunday night. Don't miss Nick at night. He's on Wednesday night at 9 o'clock. Have yourself a decent evening. Here's I Take My Refuge in the Lord. Psalm 11 by the Maranatha Singers taking you out tonight.